0: Okay, we're learning Dr. Mebuchas. starting from the Mishnah on the bottom of Mem Zayn Says the Mishnah Harini Allah Someone is saying to his friend, I'm a to you. So he's offering himself and his property to his friend. Chairim, as we learned, there are different types of haram, but Snan they our Mishnah is talking about, is referring to the Chairim of the So someone's saying that I'm Chairim, he's saying that I'm also to you. So then Hamuder, the person that the vow was declared towards, is also to get benefit from the one who said it. From someone to someone said to his friend in the invert in the inverse, he's accepting willingly neither upon himself and he's saying you are a khairem to, to me. So then I know there also in that case the person who made the statement will be also to get benefit from the one that he said it to. someone said to his friend, I am a khiram to you and you are to me. So he's making it both ways. He's saying, I'm not gonna benefit from you and you can't benefit from me. So in that case, name both would be also to get benefit from one another. Really, the truth is that um that there's not much of a tradition that we're brought, just brought out. You shouldn't say it's just coming to set up the next point. In other words, what happens <clears throat> when we have a situation where someone said, Are any atalai, where they're both also to benefit from one another. So how do they relate then to public property? And as we spoke about with public property, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult because everyone has a partnership in it. So the Mishnah says, still, they're both motivated to get benefit from something that comes from the, the those who are Ola to bavel. So basically, certain properties were designated and the time that people came back to Eretz from from Bavil, that they basically, certain designations like institutions were made for the public that properties were to remain like above the ownership of anybody. So in other words, it's not a partnership of the community. It's a very subtle point. It's not a partnership of the community, these following things. They're just open for everybody. They're not ownerless, which is another, they're just... What they are is that they're made for anyone who want to use it to use it. It's different than a community. Community, the Pshad is we all own it as a partnership. Every person has a small share in it. The things of the holy bubble, they were just left. Not, not really like half care, but rather um, they're half care in the sense that they're made for anyone to use. So... It's so a fascinating taqana, which was made, but that's the gather of the of the olivavu. say uh, here, but they're also to get benefit from things that are owned in the town that's shared by all the members of the community. Because why would it be aser? Because our mission is going with the tana the that ain brera. So if ain brera, so whenever they're using it, they're going to be benefiting from, the, from a little bit from the share of the person that they can't have benefit from. So now we define what these are. Asu davros What's something like the Oli called Like the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount isn't owned a little bit by every Jew. It's ownerless in the sense that it's for everybody to use. the the actual courtyards in the middle or the the water cisterns, right? They used to leave for the community to drink, for everybody to drink. They would leave the cisterns open for anybody's usage. So, there, every person could use it, even if you can't get benefit from another person, because you're not getting benefit from them. It's not, everybody has a share in it, it's just open for everyone to use. However, the communal things which are offered to everybody, what's something in the town that's owned communally that's offered? You go on Horachavah, like the town square, Hat the town bathhouse, the Shul, the Hateva, the Aaron, the Asvarim, and the books that that are there, the Sefer Torah and uh, the, these are all things which which we 're going to say that it 's us for one to um, for one to benefit in this in this scenario because 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 when they when they 're getting the benefit inevitably they 're getting the benefit from something that someone else has a little bit of a share in as well, and therefore it is a problem so what do you do to the, in, in such a situation so the Mishnah says one I can write his share he writes it to the nazi meaning here you have the the, the scenario where two people. Oscar the property upon one another. And so now he can't go to the town bathhouse. He can't show up in shul, right? What do you do? So the Mishnah has a solution. The solution is, is that they each write a document. They're giving up their share in the community, communal things to a third party. Nussi is that an ideal of a third party because he's like the person who's representative of the leadership of the community. And now that they have given up their shares and it's both of their interest to do that. You know, I can't go and you can't go. So we may as well reach a compromise. Well, we'll each seed our shares give up our shares to the nasi and now when we go we're not benefiting from one another because our personal shares were already given up to the nasi so that's the solution now we're going to see does it have to be the nasi or not but when you give it to the nasi then it's good because at this point you're not uh, going to be benefiting from from the person you can't get benefit from if you the truth is it doesn't matter whether you're giving it up to the nasi or to a regular person Meaning, let's say we would both give our shares to a person, random person lady. He doesn't have to be a leader in the community. That also works. If it doesn't have to be the Nazi, so what is the difference in writing the Nazi and one who writes to a regular person? Why are we mentioning the Nazi then at all? The difference is when you write your share to the Nazi, you don't have to make a kinyan through somebody else on the Nazi's behalf. When you write it to a regular person, it has someone else would have to make a kinyan on, 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 on his behalf. So let's just clarify what that means. Normally, a person wants to make a chalos of a, a transfer of ownership, you need a kinyan. So how does that work? If the person's there, let's say I want to give someone a present. If he's there, he can make a on it; it will become his. If he's not there, so what do I do? I can't pick it up for him because it's in my possession. So without law is you give it to a third party who picks it up on behalf of the recipient. Now even though the recipient didn't tell him to do that but if it's something which is clearly to his advantage then we assume he'd want that to happen. So that's a very interesting rule called zechiyah. So if I want to give somebody a present he's not here I want to make it his. So what do I do? I tell a third party to pick it up on behalf of the recipient. So in this case if, we, if both of us want to give our share in the shul to a third party to, to, to a random person so therefore we'd be allowed to go to shul so we'd have to make sure that there's a Kenyan. How are we going to make sure that there's a Kenyan? So we'd have to get a third party and mean Mazakeh They'll pick up, uh, make a Kenyan with us on behalf of the, the regular person. But what we're saying is that a Nasi, a fascinating halakha, is that it's unnecessary for the third party to make the acquisition on the Nasi's behalf. As soon as you have any star that's written, then automatically the Nasi gets possession of it, even though there was no Kenyan that's made. The Nasi somehow is like a superior hand, like a stronger hand, because he's the leader of the community. And therefore, as soon as there's a, something is put in writing that people want to give their shares to the leader of the town, in other words, on behalf to, to, over to the rest of the community. Automatically, the Kenyan works despite the fact no other formal Kenyan has been made. So, therefore, practically, it's kind of better. To make the Kenyan, Rabbi right? who does saying, towards the Nasi, and as opposed to the commoner, because when you're making it with a commoner, you're going to need another formal Kenyan. When you're making it to the Nasi, you just have to write it, and as soon as you write it, it's affected. The Chachamim disagree. They say, Whether you're writing to the Nasi or to a regular person, you're going to have to make an acquisition on the recipient's behalf. So, they're not really gaining anything by giving it to the Nasi versus giving it to anybody else. So, according to the Chachamim, We mentioned the Nasi simply just because that's what's normally done. It is normal for that to happen but uh, you know he's a good normal person to give it to but there's absolutely nothing more important about giving it to the Nazi versus giving it to, uh, to anybody else one other ruling if you're in the region of the Galil so then you don't have to uh, do anything in other words if you're in the Galil and you, also, you and your friend are also to benefit from one another so you're trying to do this trick of hey how are we going to go to shul so you're thinking we're going to have to give over our shares to the Nazi to make that we don't own it you don't have to in Galil, you don't have to do anything. Why? Their, their ancestors, the people who came before them, already have done it for them. What does that mean? The Gemara is basically going to say that they got into a lot of fights in the Galil. So they made like a, a thing that everybody gave over all their shares to the Nazis, so it would be impossible for anybody, you know, to deprive someone else of, of going to shul. In other words, if you think about it, it's really an amazing trick if you want to mess up your friend, um, you know, and that's just, uh, you can't get benefit from me. It's worse than that. You're not going to be making sure you can't go to shul. You can't get benefit from me because then he can't show up. So, you know, the, what, what's the threat? The other guy can turn around and say the same thing and you can't benefit from me and then you're stuck. You can't go to show either, unless you're both going to reach an agreement that you're going to give it over to the Nazi. So in order, you know, to get out of all these games, the, 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 the people in the Galil simply all gave over their shares to the Nazi. So that stops. It was like, you know, that was an impediment on, 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 on people wanting to osser each other just to mess them up in spite. So once that was done, so all the people, the Galil, have already given up all their shares to the Nazis. So then practically today, if this story happens in the Galil, where people are offering each other in benefit, you don't have to worry about it. Say, Okay, so we spoke about the case, um, about, about where they offered each other. And, and 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 then after we spoke about that, how they can't go to shul, the Mishnah said, ain't one who writes a share to the Nazi. So Parship Shadu is Mashmah, like when you write your, your share to the Nazi, like that itself makes you usher. So the one says, my mitzer, why you usher if you write it to the Nazi? So the Gemara clarifies what it was saying is how you fix it. You fix it by giving it to the Nazi. This is what the Mishnah was saying, what is the fix? What's the solution if people usher to each other in benefit? And they now want to go to Shul. The answer is, they should write their, their shares to the Nasi. That was kind of obvious to us from the context of the Mishnah, but the language of the Mishnah and one who writes wasn't so clear that way. So we, we, we clarify that that's what it means, that it means that we're fixing the issue by writing to the Nasi. And then what happens now in the text, this is a real nadarim type of thing. The Gemara, once it's quoted in the Mishnah, just continues to quote the Mishnah, even though it doesn't make any comment. Review the Omer, that it, you don't have to write it to a Nasi, you can write it to the commenter, what is the difference if you write it to the Nasi, to the Hadyot? If you write it to the Nasi, you don't have to give it to a third party, it's just as soon as you, you sign a document, automatically it works. So if you're writing it to a regular person, there would have to be a formal kinyan done with a third party. But again, the disagreed. They said, you don't have to be mezaka through a third party. And the whole thing with the nasi is simply that it is more common. If you notice in the Gemara, that's why it's in parentheses. It's very bizarre for the Gemara to just quote more from the Mishnah and not make a comment. All right. So now we continue that in the Galil, the Mishnah had said that you don't have to do it because their ancestors had already done it before that. So the Gemara elaborates Tanya, they Rabbi Uda Omer, were, Anshigalil, Kantarin They were always getting in fights. There were people, they were quick to the anger, and they would always ask for each other. So they were very normal, it was frequent that they would make an adharim offering themselves to get benefit from each other as a threat. So what happened? Their forefathers came. They said, let's fix this once and for all. Everybody write their shares over to the Nasi. And now in the future generations, if it ever happens, they don't have to practically go ahead and do it because um, at this point, it's never owned. Their shuls are not owned privately with different shares to each members in the community, but rather the matzah is that everything is just owned by the Nasi. Okay, says the Mishnah. Ha-mother, and let's just give a little bit of a context to this mission. We learned the last time when two people are traveling on the road and they're all alone and their mother Mother not one from the other. So what does he do? You know, one guy doesn't have anything to eat and, and, and he can't benefit from the other. Well, what should he do? So the mission spoke about uh, maybe at the, last, the last resort is you mouth your stuff, and you put it on a rock. And then it, that might allow the, uh, the, 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 the Mother Hano, to to benefit from the food. Because he's not directly taking it from the, from the one he can't get benefit from. So the mission now continues with that theme. Someone subject to the Nadir where can't get benefit from his He doesn't have what to eat. So you could give the food to another person as a gift. And now the person who's mother or not can eat from him. Again, the idea is he's not directly getting it from the one he can't get benefit from. He's getting it now from the third party. said there was once a story, there was a person in a town called Beis his father was also bad, not to get benefit from him. Meaning, he had offered his property on his father. But the son was marrying off his son. So he wanted very much for the Zayda to attend the wedding. So the middle generation, the middle son, right? He had offered his father from getting benefit. And this middle son was making a wedding where his own son was getting married. And he thought to himself, wow, this is going to be wild. My own father, the zeda of the Hassan, isn't going to come to the wedding. He can't benefit because it's my wedding. I'm paying for everything. So he said to his friend, My courtyard, where the wedding was going to be, and all the feasts, all the food, are given to you as a gift. I'm giving it all to you. but The only reason I'm giving it to you is so that my father can come and eat from the feast. So meaning what's happening is, he's giving it to him as a gift, to the third party. But he explicitly says that the only reason why he's giving it to the third party is only so that the father can come and eat. So Amma, the recipient to the gift, said a fascinating thing. He says, wait a second. Are you giving it to me or are not giving it to me? If you really are giving me a gift, so then I'm going to be mocked to all this to Hashem. Meaning, if it's mine, I can do whatever I want with it. I'm giving it to Hashem. I'm being ma'koshim to the base of Mikdash. So, Amar Lo, the giver, said to him, Is that why I gave it to you? I gave you my things. I gave you all the wedding so that you should make it hectic, Are you crazy. I only gave it to you so that my father can come. So, Amar the recipient, said, Did you give me this for any reason? Except that you and your father should eat, drink, and, and, and be married with one another, but then there's a sin on his head. What he's meaning to say is that, that, that he was saying, it like as a euphemism, a sin on my head. What he was basically saying is that if you didn't give me full ownership, if I can't do whatever I want with it, then that's not a gift. It's just a joke. And if it's just a joke, and the, the father will then remain... In the answer, because he's really benefiting from you. What are you saying he's not benefiting from you? Because you gave it to me, but you didn't give it to me. If I try to do anything with it, you're going to tell him that's not mine, right? So you only gave it to me so that the father could came. So in effect, you're not giving me ownership. So when your father is now going to come to the wedding, then there's a sin going on over here. So, Amr commented about this. If a gift is given, but it's not effective to the extent that if the recipient would want to do whatever he wants with it, if he'd want to be mocked shit, it wouldn't work, then that's not considered a gift. So, you could do this, but you could only do it if you're giving it to a recipient and you don't say, that it's only so that the father can come. You can't give it with such strings attached. You give it with such strings attached, and that's not a gift. And if it's not a gift, then the father, you haven't solved anything. When the father comes, comes and eats the food, he's still eating food that belongs to the son, which he can't benefit from. The only way to do it is to find someone you trust who's not going to mocked the shit. You're going to give it to him as a present without any strings attached. Then the father would be allowed to come. But if you say that it's only so that the father can come, and, 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 and Taka, the recipient, has no, has no kayak to, me, to make it actish, then that's not going to be effective. That's just a hoax. You're not giving him anything at all. So, first, the Gemara asks, My solicitor, there's this is the story to contradict. Meaning, first, the Mishnah said that it's fine to give it to a third party. If you, the mother, I know, has a lot of benefit if it was given to someone else as a batana. And then you brought the story where we come out that it doesn't work. So, the Gemara says, You have to fill in words to the Mishnah, and this is the way we explain it. Normally, we say giving it as a gift, that's good. Right? If you give it as a gift, then the person who is Mother Hanah is allowed to come and eat. However, so if the conclusion of the gift, if he makes a declaration that indicates from, that, from the very outset he never meant to give it, then Aser, he remains, the Mother Hanah remains Aser to benefit from the gift. And what does that mean? It's like when you go on and say, I'm only doing it so that the father can come and there was in fact such a story and there was such a person where the conclusion of the gift the way he made the declaration at the end, at the end it showed that his real uh, intent was never to really give it. And therefore the Chacham said that in that case it would be Asr. So basically it's a support to the missing text in the Mishnah. So basically we're saying if you give it to a recipient, if you don't say anything, you just give it as a gift, that's fine. Now the mother Anna could benefit. But if you start come along at the end and you say, oh, I'm only giving it so that my father can come, so that's Ochia Sofa, that doesn't work. So now at that point we say that Mother Anna cannot benefit because it was never really given. Now we qualify him. This is true that it's only inv- that it's invalid. It's a hoax. is only if he really said. He said, "I'm giving it to you only." He said, "Ella." Uh, only so that father should come that's a real stipulation so he's basically saying that if it's not going to be so that my father can come then I'm invalidating the whole gift and then it's no good he just said the courtyard and the food are given to you so that father can come that's still valid because he's he's saying it's according at your own discretion is what he is saying meaning he's he's not making a stipulation he's not making a t'nai. I'm only giving to you if my father can come but rather he's just informing him He's just telling him what his intent is, why I'm giving it to you a present, but ultimately I'm leaving it to your discretion what you want to do with it. So then that would be okay. It's only an issue. It's only that you're undermining the whole gift and we see it as a hoax where you're creating a bind. You're making attached strings. You're saying it's only yours so that my father can come. It's only then. But if you don't use the words, it's only then. You just say, I'm giving it to you in order that my father can come. That's just information. So that you're really giving it to the recipient and that would be valid. However, not everybody agrees. Other people say different. I'm a don't say it's only because you said I'm only giving it to you but if you would just say in order that father should come it would be permitted no that's wrong Rather, even if he said I'm giving it to you so that father can come and he only informs him without stipulating User. it's still for the father to come as soon as you say I'm, the reason why you're giving it is so that father should come it's as if you made a stipulation My the feast demonstrates that he means it to be a stipulation meaning the whole situation of you giving it to him and informing him that you're doing it so that father should come, it's as if you stipulated. So normally we say stipulations have a certain rigid way of doing it. It's only a certain way in language where you say, I'm only giving it on condition. Here, you didn't say that. Here, you were just informing. But when you're doing it in the context of making a wedding where clearly nobody's gonna make a wedding and waste it and just give it as a present, so then we say that as soon as you mention it, uh, you inform it, that it's so that father can come. it's as if you stipulated that you're only giving it if father will come, and therefore um, it would be a hoax, the whole thing, and then we're saying it's no good. So what's the takeaway from this Mishnah? That when you give somebody something, not that they can have it for themselves, but only in order to, that father should come, then that's not considered a gift at all. And that's, that, that's an invalid gift. It still belongs to you. So now we get into a little bit of a Zaytika Suvi, but we're going to see the way it relates. And there was a person who had a son who used to steal things from him, a little bundles of flax he would steal from the father. So the, 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 he was very upset, the father. So he offered all of his property to his son. He said, you know, son, you can't benefit from my stuff. So they said to the father, "If you have what's going to be if your son's son is a Torah scholar? Meaning the way it stands, and this is what we showed him and explained, the father was not only offering his son in benefit, he was going to give away all of his property to another son who he liked better. There's another son in the picture he likes better. This one son, he doesn't want anything to go to him after his death. So he's offering him in Arnal, and he's going to give away all of his, Yerusha, all the inheritance to the other son. They said to him, wait a second, what if the, 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 wicked, the wicked kid is going to have a son, you're going to have a grandson, who's going to be Tamarachim, and he's not going to get any money eventually because you are, you, you're going to give all your inheritance to his uncle. So, they, so Amr Lahoni said, so wait a second, you're right, good point. Likne let this one, let the wicked son get half the property. Let him get half, but not that it will be his, but he if my grandson becomes a Torah scholar, he should acquire it. Meaning, he doesn't mean to give him anything in the property. He's only giving the middle of his bad son property in order that it should pass on to his son. So basically he's saying like this, if my grandson becomes a Tamachacham, then I want that my property, half of it, should go to the wicked son. And only so that it will go to my grandson. So he's not meaning to give any rights of usage to the wicked son. That's for sure against what he wants. And if there's not going to have a righteous grandson, then just um Everything should go to my other son that I like. But if I do have a righteous grandson that comes through the wicked son, then at that point, there should be a Kenyan that goes to my wicked son where he gets it just in order so that it should go through his hands um, as inheritance then to my grandson. That's what he's saying. So my, What's the halacha? So what's the essence of the question? Is there a kenyan where the whole essence of your kenyan is only so that it passes to somebody else? Or do we say no? By definition, when you own kenyan, what does that mean? That You're becoming an owner of something. You have to have rights of usage. And if he doesn't, he's not giving the rights of usage to the wicked son. He's saying it's only yours so that it should go then as inheritance to be passed down to the grandson. So then that's not considered a kenyan. You can't own it to pass it. You either own it or you don't own it. If you own it, then you have to be able to use it. And if he's not, if he's stipulating that the, the, the wicked son can't use it, then he can't make the loophole in the system that he's giving it to the son in order to pass to his son. It doesn't work like that. That's the question. So I'm in Pumpti. the see the people from from who This is basically acquiring just in order to convey to somebody else. That's not a transaction. If I'm giving something, somebody to some, something to somebody, I have to really give them rights of usage. And if I'm not, if I'm saying it's only theirs so that on condition they convey it to another party, they don't acquire it at all. You have to have ability to use something. If you don't have the ability to use it, then you have no kenyan. No, it's not true. It does work. It could go to the grandson. There is a transaction where the whole right of the transaction is only so that you convey it to somebody else. Even though you don't have any personal benefit, you're not getting any, any rights of usage from it, but there is a transaction that can take place in such a way. It's yours. The nature of yours is that you will convey it to somebody else. It could work. Rav Nachman backs up his opinion. Let's talk about <clears throat> a little introduction. There's a kenyan called kenyan Khalipin. What's kenyan Khalipin? khalipan is that I switch one thing for something else. So in other words, instead of you paying money, it's not about money. You know, you give and then I give and then we switch. So simply in the usual cases, you know, you have a donkey, I have a cow. So we say, we'll switch it, we'll swap it. So then as soon as one party takes one of them, the other party acquires the other animal, wherever it is. But oftentimes we're not making, it's more of a symbolic switch. And what we'll do is we'll just use a handkerchief. It's called a Kenyan suder. So how does a Kenyan suder work? Let's say I'm trying to sell you my field. Right, you're trying to sell me my field. So what, what, the, what the recipient does is as follows the recipient, the buyer of the field, he takes a kerchief, takes out a kerchief from his pocket. He gives it to the current owner of the field, to the machnet, And he says, here's the kerchief. And he says, oh, in exchange for the field, here's the kerchief. Right? That's the way that it works. And then we swap, right? We do a swap. So basically that's the way it works. I'm giving you the kerchief in exchange. I get the field. Fine, very good. So typically the way that it works, that's the way that it's going to work is that the buyer is going to take his kerchief, Give it as exchange to the seller. And, and that's exactly the exchange. I'm exchanging the swap. We're going to be swapping the field for the kerchief. That's the way that it works. Every time you do a Kenyan Suder, that's what you're swapping. You use a Kenyan Suder many times. You know, Tzuba, this, that, Kenyan Pesach. That's what the Kenyan Suder is doing. It's swapping all the rights in the item that's being transacted through the giving of the Suder. So it's given by the Kona, the Sudr is given by the recipient of the, of the transaction. He gives the Sudr to the makna, and that's the swap. Now, wait a second. What happens to the kerchief after? Right? goes right back, right? He's, oh, well, take it back. So what is it? It's called him i He's only giving it, basically, in order to convey. It, he's not giving him any real rights of usage. The kona isn't giving the makna, the, the kerchiefs, that the makna can take home his new kerchief that day and wear it. He's, uh, and, 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 and use it. He's just giving it to him for the moment, to affect the Kenyan. That's all he's doing. So he's giving it to him so that when he gets it, it's going to be an exchange. The Kenyan will be made with the field. But then, yeah, once we close the deal, take your kerchief back home. So did he really give him the kerchief? And it better be the Makna's kerchief because if it's not the Makna's kerchief, then there's no exchange happening, right? That's the whole point. I'm selling you the field. So the Kona is going to give his kerchief to the magnet, And then when he gives it to the magnet, so then that exchange now is occurring that you have the, the kerchief and I'll have the field. But that can't work if the whole giving of the kerchief is a hoax. Right, He's not really giving it. He's just giving it for the moment and it's going to go right back afterwards. So if we still see that it does work, even though he's not giving it to the recipient, to the makna, as for personal use, he's only giving it to him to affect the kenyan, it still is valid. So what we see from there, that there is considered a kenyan where it's only for a specific reason to convey a transfer. So so do we If someone was giving it to the wicked son, only almanaz, that it should pass through to his grandson, that is valid. So Amar Abashi, that's not a proof because Yes, usually we give back the kerchief. But let's say imagine you're doing a deal and the Magna says, I want to keep the kerchief. You gave me the kerchief. He could. If he wants to seize it for himself, maybe it's an effective seizure. Meaning even though it's normal that's usually the custom that after the deal is done, we give back the kerchief. But it, you're right. He doesn't have to. You're right. A, a, a Kenyan, if you really want to make it his, you really want to give him the kerchief, you have to give it to him. Maybe it's customary to return it, but if he'd want to keep it for himself, he'd be able to. So you haven't proved anything. In the case of the wicked son, he's really only giving it in order that it should be conveyed to the grandson. He's not really giving it to the son. There may be an achanami that doesn't work. But by the Sudr, yes, it's difficult for it to be returned, and it might seem to the onlooker that he's not really giving it over. But the truth is, the at Rabashi is saying, that if, he'd want to, if the makna would want to keep the kerchief for himself, he might be able to. Then... The Kumar makes another point. There's another hole in this scenario of the, of, of, of the, the grandson case. But Furthermore, even if we do say that you could be coined of something just on condition to convey it to somebody else, at least when we use a kerchief, what happens is, is that the effect of the Kenyan is immediate, even though I'm only giving you the, the kerchief in order to make a Kenyan. But, we're making the kenya right away, so at least everything is affected immediately. However, in the case of the father, halin the the properties of this guy, Laima when does he want the bad son to acquire it? And only when he has a grandson who's a Torah scholar. Meaning, I'm not giving it to you now, and then you'll you'll convey it to your grandson, to the grandson. What he's saying is, if I have a grandson who ends up being a then I want the property to go to you, and then you'll give it to go to your son. But l'chi hava, when the grandson becomes a Torah scholar, hader Mari, it's basically as if the kerchief has already been returned to the original owner. So the Gemara is speaking in a euphemism, like it's an expression when it's saying the kerchief has already been returned. The point that the Gemara is making is that since he's not giving it to him right now, he's only giving it to the wayward son when his grandson would become a Tam And the reason the Gemara is assuming that is because why would he be giving it to him now, right? He doesn't want the wicked son to benefit. So he's only giving it to the wicked son when the, the, the grandson becomes a tamachacham, and in that moment, then it's going to go to him. It, in order that it should be conveyed to the grandson, we have another problem: that the kenyan was already done by that point. In other words, the gemara is bringing up a new issue: that for a kenyan to be valid, it has to be, have an immediate effect. If the Kenyan doesn't have an immediate effect, then it can't take effect at some later point. So if you want to give it to the wayward son, give it to the wayward son. Even if you argue that there's considered a transaction where I give it to you just to convey, even if there is such an idea, but you have to do it immediately. I can't make a Kenyan that it should go to you now, but the effect is only going to be at some later point at that point, it's as if the kerchief has already been returned. Meaning to say, there's no kenyan for that at that point. So we have a new problem that, 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 that there's no immediate effect to this, to this gift and if there's no immediate effect to this gift, then it cannot work. Even if he gives it immediately and says you can only benefit. So that I think would work if the father would actually give it to the son now and say, but by the way, you, you can't benefit from it. I'm only giving it to you that you should convey it to, to your son if you come to HaMachacham. I think that actually would work. But the Gemara is assuming he's not doing that because why typically a person's not thinking about this issue, and why would I give it to him if he can't benefit? So, what he's saying is, oh, it should go to my son if my grandson becomes not Muhammad. The Gemara is saying, at that point, the kingdom's over. That's going to be in five years. All right, so, in other words, that's the point of the Gemara, that that won't work. All right, so basically, just to bring up the point, we've had a really interesting Lamdash and here if there's such a thing as a transaction where it becomes yours just to pass to somebody else. So, the Gemara now brings up the issue. I'm only Raval the Rev. Think about it. Isn't that kind of like what our Mishnah was describing? He, the, the son wanted the father to come to the wedding. The father couldn't get benefit. So the son gave the present, gave as a present, all of the wedding fees to a third party. And he said, it's only, not that you could use, it's only yours so that my father can come. So what did the Mishnah say? It's a hoax, right? It's no good. Why? Because he wasn't giving anything. That was the point. So with the almanas la Nas, that's also no different than acquiring only on condition to convey. Meaning, Below Kani, and that's why you're not going. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but it's similar in the sense that both in our Mishnah and Kuni and Asla the recipient doesn't have rights of usage. That was exactly the point of the Mishnah, is that if you give it to the recipient, but the recipient can't make a hack dish, he can't do whatever he wants with it, then you didn't give it to him. And if it's a, it's a hoax, and then the father is still benefiting from the, from the son's property. So just as the Mishnah rule that that's not a Kenyan, if I give something only in order that father should come. But I'm not really giving rights of usage to the recipient. That's not a Kenyan. So that's exactly what going to same thing. If I'm giving it to the wicked son only so that it should be conveyed to the grandson, that's not a Kenyan because it's the same fundamental issue. I'm not giving any rights of usage to the middle son. And the point of the Gemara is that if I'm not giving rights of usage, then that's not a kenyan So the Gemara says, maybe it's different. sometimes Reb on said No, it's different over here. Why is it different over here? Because the feast of the wedding demonstrates the insincerity. What does that mean that the feast demonstrates the insincerity? What does that mean? In both cases, we know your intent. I mean, when it's Kaneh also, you say explicitly, I'm only giving it to you so that you convey it. So what's the difference? So the rabbi explains like this. When in the case of the Suda, it's not Stam that he wanted to find a loophole that his father should be able to eat the food. It's more than that. Really, he wanted his father to eat from his food, his personal food. He's not really looking for the solution that it should go to a third party and then the father should eat the third party's food. Because he wants to really appease his father. And the real appeasement is that his father's going to be eating his stuff. He's thinking he's going to have his cake and eat it too. It's going to be considered like his father's eating from his stuff and it's still permitted because, oh, I jokingly gave it as a gift to another person. But the giver actually wants it to be, a, to be a joke. Because if it's not a joke and it goes to the third party, then his father's not really eating his stuff. His father's eating the recipient's stuff. So to the father himself, he wants it to be a hoax. And that's why we say a hoax is a hoax so it doesn't work. But in the case where I give something to somebody only so that they should convey it to somebody else, that's fine. Because the so you're giving it to him so that they should convey it to someone else. So what we're saying is, the only reason modern Beis choron doesn't work isn't because, it's not really because a recipient has to have right of usage. It's because he didn't really even want to give it at all to the recipient. He, he's not giving it to the recipient so that his father should come. He's creating a hoax like he's giving it to the recipient, but really in his mind, his father should be eating from his own stuff. That's why it's no good. Another time he said that the mission is like Rabbi Eliezer, that even Vitor can't get benefit. Vitor, we spoke about, is that if a person has benefit, can't get benefit from his friend, what about things that no one's maqbut on? Do we include that in types of benefit that he can't get, can, can't get or not? So according to Rabbi Lazar, yeah, even those things are asr. So the point that we're saying is, Rabbi Lazar is very maqmur by nadarim. If you can't get benefit, we say even very insignificant hanah is asr. So since Rabbi Lazar is very maqmur by nadarim, so we say he would say that if it even looks like a hoax, you can't do it. So really, fundamentally, it should be okay. So you gave it to the recipient. And even meaning, even if you don't give rights of usage to the recipient, it's still basically okay. The reason why we're in our Mishnah is because if we're going like Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar says, is So we get exceedingly strict, and we say in order to solve the problem of nidarim you have to really fully give it away fully. Says the Gemara we have a challenge for Rabbi Nachman, it said, <laughs> We added, when the Chachamim heard about my, and they said, any gift that's not effective to the extent that if the recipient wants to make it hectic, it should be hektish, then it's not a gift. So we said, any gift. What, do, what does that phrase mean? Any gift. What are we coming to include? Maybe we're coming to include like our story with the bundles of flax, where the gift was only given in condition to convey. The mission is coming to say, whenever a gift is given, Only on condition to convey, it is invalid. Says the Gemara. Lo, that's not what the mission coming to include. L'asui lishabasradoshmei'zer Rava. It could be coming to include the case that we spoke about in the second version. What Rava said before. Rava said on the Amid Aleph that even if he didn't say on condition so that father should come, he said in order so that father should come. Meaning he didn't make a stipulation, but he just informed him. That is also as if he made a stipulation, and therefore the father still it's still considered a hoax, and then, and then the father cannot come. So ultimately, we don't conclude what in the world the halacha is. In the case of the father with the wayward son, where the father gives it to the son, he says, I'm giving it to you only so that in order that you convey it to the grandson. What would the halacha be? Is that a Kenyan or is not a Kenyan? Ultimately, it's a dispute in the Gemara, and we don't resolve it. Just to, under, to, 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 fill, to fill out the loop over here, it's very important, is that there's another nafkamina which we kind of saw in the Gemara. Every single Kenyan with Chalipin, where the Kona gives his Sudr to the Makna, what would be if the Makna says, now I'm keeping it for myself? Is that important or not? According to one view, it's very important, because if you wouldn't be able to keep it, then it never became his. According to the other view, it's not true. You're only giving it so that the kidney should be affected, and right, ba- right afterwards, the better go back to the Kona. And if it wouldn't be that way, you know, then it, and, and that's still affected, because that's all part of the Makloka, is whether or not Kona amar haknos is in fact a valid kidney or not.